We're back. We're better than ever. It's Brennan and Brock bringing you our 18th episode. We're going over week nine. How are you doing, Brock? This was a good week. Yeah. I enjoyed this week. You know, yeah, it doing, was a good week. Doing good. A lot of upsets. A lot of a lot of fun. Yeah, it was more than we expected. Um, I think there was only like three ranked matchups for this week, which is a bit of a slowdown, um, considering the weeks prior to that was more like five and six. But... Yeah, like you said, there were some upsets, pretty pretty uh, crazy, and we're looking forward to a new college football playoff poll that's coming out in uh, two days. So for our uh, our preview for Week 10, we're going we're gonna to go over uh, that rankings right when it comes out. Maybe we'll do like a little live a live reaction or something like that. On, the, on the socials. Yeah, on the socials, yeah. We'll, we'll get on the gram, go IG live. Something like that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But anyways, I think we're going to start off with the ACC um, going conference by conference. Um, the marquee game of the week was going to be uh, Notre Dame going at Syracuse. And uh, Notre Dame got it done. So um, kind of a quiet week for the ACC. Oh, not really, I guess. Um, two ranked teams lost in the ACC. Syracuse lost. And then uh, Wake Forest, top 10 team in the country, lost as well. So... I guess it wasn't a quiet week for the ACC, but um, what are your what are your thoughts on you know where the where the conference stands after what we saw from week nine? I think we're uh, finally starting to see a little bit of the weakness into this conference kind of seep in a little bit. You know, it really showed in the rankings with how how the teams are positioned, with four of them being seventeen or lower, so kind of occupying those those bottom spots, but. The conference just isn't great, you know. It just really isn't that good. I think, you know, Syracuse really showed a lot of their kind of true colors this weekend with kind of how how they played against Notre Dame, which I don't think is a great Notre Dame team, especially with some of their losses. Yeah, on the rise, though, on the rise. Yeah, I think they're starting to put it together a little bit, but definitely still not not a great, like an average, probably Mm -hmm. an average Notre Dame team, I would say. So... Uh, looks like Schrader kind of got hurt in that game or went out in that game. Maybe maybe kind of a cause for, for why Notre Dame was so successful. But, yeah, I think Drew Pine is kind of, you know, he's just doing doing it, you know, doing mm-hmm. what he needs to do, being average. It's kind of really all you need as a Notre Dame quarterback is just your, your, your quarterback to be okay. And then, you know, we finally saw a rushing attack this weekend, which was great to see from Notre Dame, but – you know, outside of outside of Clemson, who who's you know top five right now, this conference just isn't really great. You know, I know they're tied for the most teams ranked, but I don't really think any of those teams yeah, are they too still, special. They got five teams in the AP, and I'm excited to see, you know, where they're at in this in this new poll that we'll get in a couple days. Because you know, will we see five ACC teams in that poll? I hope not. No, yeah, and you know, I think I think the biggest surprise of the week for the ACC was was Wake Forest, you know, getting oh yeah, getting done the way they did by by Louisville. I think how many they turned it over what five times, six times? They turned it over five times in just the third quarter. Yeah, how many how many total turnovers they got in that game? I'll, That's I'll look right now. Eight total eight. turnovers. Yeah, yikes! It was That's, bad. Honestly, oh man, Louisville in that fourth or that third quarter too. 35 points in the third, so. Yeah, because there was five turnovers yeah. by, by Wake Forest in one quarter. So, it's crazy. Yeah, so I think you can you can definitely look at Wake Forest as being the most disappointing. I think they were they were definitely the second-best team by Clemson, but I think that's a very disappointing result for 
for Wake Forest in that football team, but because we yeah. thought we thought Syracuse might lose, yeah, it's a, but we thought you know Wake Forest was kind of a lock against you know Louisville, who's who's been okay all season, but hasn't been anything special. But I mean, definitely can't win with eight turnovers. That's that's insane. No, yeah. So yeah, for the ACC, I think you know Clemson's Clemson. Your guy is your guy. Whether I think Clemson's probably the most interesting team for me to find out where they're placed on Tuesday, because I think I see a real world where they're like ten in that in that playoff poll. Um, I think they're they're ranked fifth in the AP. I could see them at, at like ten. 10 or 9 for the for the playoff rankings which would be interesting to see kind of how the how the committee values them. And then yeah, I think for the other for the ACC teams, I think there's a there's a real world where you know maybe one of Syracuse Syracuse, NC State or even maybe Wake Forest isn't ranked either. It's dropped out. So I think yeah, I can see that. I think the committee's really going to value kind of kind of the strength of schedule and the strength of conference too. Um, and I just don't think I, I just don't think they see that strong. You know, I think I think there are a bunch of teams that kind of went on you know good starts of the season, and I think now that they're kind of playing teams their level or maybe even a little bit better, they're starting to struggle a little bit. So I think the one team that I really want to keep my eye on is is North Carolina though, because I think Drake May is is doing it right now. Mm-hmm. You know, he's really got this team believing. I know they lost to Notre Dame. But if Notre Dame continues to rise and kind of kind of beat teams, I know they got Clemson this week. That'll be mm-hmm. a big one. But if they keep kind of you know doing their thing, I th- I think there's a real world where you know North Carolina can can make some noise and kind of shoot up the playoff rankings yeah. too. What will this mean for the conference if if Notre Dame beats Clemson next week? I would I would think that'd be the dagger in the conference. But I know that there there there's always been that you know. If you're a one-loss conference champion, you've never been left out of the college football playoff. I think that this could be the year that we see that change. Yeah. Um, especially for the ACC's sake. So, I think Clemson has to win out the rest of the way. I just don't think they can afford a loss, yeah. even if it comes in the in the conference championship game. I don't think they can afford a loss. So. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see. Well, I think you definitely can't out. lose that conference championship. Yeah, I think they have to be 13 and 0 conference champion into the yeah to be in the playoff i think at 12 and one maybe they have a case it would cause a lot of headaches for the committee at that point yeah it would be because then you know the big big uh big 10 is still gonna be a problem yeah because you'll probably have you know one last michigan ohio state so that that'll be tricky i think the good thing that we did see this week was we did see upsets so you know maybe we get a couple more of those down the line and it makes it a little bit more clear i think this week it did get a little bit more clear because I think, you know, it really showed that Syracuse and Wake Forest, two of Clemson's marquee wins, mm-hmm. aren't really that special. Yeah. So that was kind of good to see, especially if, you know, if Notre Dame really gives Clemson troubles mm-hmm. this weekend. I think that you could really, really make that case, you know, for, for Clemson's downfall. But, you know, I think the best case scenario for Clemson is they got to be 13-0 and they got to beat uh, they got to beat North Carolina by a lot yeah. in the ACC championship. They yeah, had to be yeah. impressive. So who do you got so, as your second best team in the in this conference? You think it's Wake Forest or North Carolina? I think it's always, for me, it was always Wake Forest. But kind of after seeing, you know, turning the ball over eight times, maybe you can chalk that up as a bad performance. But at this part in the season, you can't be turning the ball over eight times. Yeah. You know, we're too late in the season. You know, you've played eight football games. 
So I think it's probably North Carolina for me right now. You know, I think Drake May is rolling, and I think you know North Carolina's found their groove, and they're kind of they're kind of moving through the conference with ease for the most part. You know, I know they they were pretty not slow, but they weren't kind of you know as dominant against Pittsburgh until about the fourth quarter when mm-hmm. they when they really turned it on. But I think Pitt's a, a tricky team for a lot of teams, so I don't necessarily dislike that win. I think that's still a great win, especially at home. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's probably North Carolina, and I think Clemson is, is cheering for North Carolina the rest of the way because I think I think that's got to be a a big time you know top fifteen, hopefully maybe even top ten ten matchup. Yeah, I mean for, if, for Clemson, if North Carolina wins out. They'll probably be. They'll definitely be top ten at that point. Yeah, I think they'd be up there as well. One loss, and then I mean, we'll see what Clemson does the rest of the way. But I think other than Notre Dame, Clemson, it's looking you know easier. They got Louisville, who who played pretty well this last weekend, but uh, that'll be at home, and then Miami at home, and then South Carolina at home. So three home games in a row to close out the season for Clemson. Yeah, I think this next weekend though for the ACC could really be. The dagger, yeah, it could in be a the, lot of teams. Because uh-huh. I think North Carolina traveling to Virginia, Virginia is a tricky place to play. I don't think Virginia is great, but I think they're a tricky place to play for sure. Uh, Syracuse against Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a sneaky team because they run the ball really, really well um, with with that running back. I don't even want to. I don't even want to pronounce his name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aben I think we tried it last. Yeah, last. something like that. Abincada. But he's been, he's been playing out of his mind. So I think that's a tricky matchup for Syracuse there. Clemson going to Notre Dame, I think makes it a little bit trickier, you know, playing on the road in Notre Dame. And then obviously, you know, Wake Forest and NC State, one of them is gonna is gonna knock knock him out. So I think this could be a really terrible week for the ACC with some of the yeah. matchups they got and kind of how it how it turns out for them. So definitely, definitely we're gonna preview a couple of those games for mm-hmm. sure. Hundred percent. All right, Big Ten time. Um the game of the week for the Big Ten was obviously uh, Ohio State going at Penn State, getting the job done there after a huge fourth quarter. I think it was a final of, what, six or seven minutes where they were able to score four touchdowns. Yeah. Incredible way to close out the game. Um, it's pretty close. You know, for uh, the first three quarters, we thought, you know, maybe Penn State was going to be able to pull this off, make some noise in them, the Big Ten. But Ohio State's offense just on a different level was able to. Too good. Yeah, too good was able to get it done um, there. And uh, another one was that Michigan State going at Michigan. And uh, Michigan was able to get it done 29-7 to after Michigan State didn't score outside of the first quarter. So those are those are kind of the top two games of the week for this conference. But um, what, what, do you, what do you think about that Ohio State game? Yeah, I think, I think a thing that not many people are going to be talking about is actually the Ohio State defense. Uh, I know they made some plays. Yeah, they know. did. Oh, who's that one defender? Uh, Tui Mola or J? It's like JT Tui Mola. He should be a he should be player of the week across every single board. Yeah, and say he he made plays, especially. I think it even started in the first quarter. I think he got his hand. Uh, he tipped the first pick, mm-hmm. and then and then I think did he, he, had did his he own get pick. the did he get. Who got the second pick though? I the, think he the got the quarter. second pick, and then he got the pick six as well. So he had two picks. I think so. Dang. Yeah. Man. So he he definitely made, and and I'm like on top of that, he also had you know two sacks, three tackles for loss too. 
So freaking monster game. Yeah, he was he was a beast for uh, this Ohio State defense. But yeah, I think I think that's my the one thing I took away from this you know Ohio State game against Penn State was was their defense. Was their defense. Yeah. yeah, I think their defense. You know, yeah, people are gonna look and be like, oh, they gave up thirty one points, but I think they were really really good in uh, in turning turning over Penn State. You know, making you know plays for for their offense. So that was def- definitely something I took out. But I think the thing that is so scary about this Ohio State team is, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba has not played. Yeah, he still hasn't played. You know, so. He's had that um, hamstring injury. Hamstring injury. I don't yeah. even know if he will play kind of at this I'm point. I'm kind of like looking at it right here. It It's just all, you know, questionable. Questionable, yeah. So, and, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. has really turned into that wide receiver one for them. Uh, man, 6'4". 6'4", just maybe, speed. Yeah, maybe best receiver in the country. Yeah, you could make the argument for sure. And I think, uh, I want to say it was Joel Klatt said that he thinks Marvin Harrison Jr. will be the best receiver in the NFL in four Whoa, to five years. Really? In the NFL. So you want to high praise. You know what's crazy to think is he was their fourth best receiver last year. Yeah. You know, he was one of those, one of those third stringers that, yeah. you know, that we didn't see Utah until defense in the Rose Bowl. I th- yeah, I think it, that was his first yeah, his touchdown first of the game. year. Yeah, he had three that game, didn't he? Yeah. So ridiculous. That just shows how how deep this Ohio State team is, you know. And then Marvin, Stroud is just Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Buka were sitting behind Chris Olave, Smith and Jigba, and Garrett Wilson last year. Ridiculous. How crazy is that? I mean, that's that's insane. Yeah, and say both of them look like stars. Even Julian Fleming, you know, looks nice. Yeah. In the little action, well, not little action, but you know, the the plays that he does make. So, that's terrifying. And we know, could we could talk we could talk all night about how great that great Ohio. Ohio State's offense is now and how premier they were last year. Say we haven't even talked about the running backs. Yeah. Say mine, I know. I know mine Williams went out with an injury, so I hope you know he's good to go the rest of the way. Mm. But, you know, obviously Trayvon Henderson, you know, did his thing. But yeah, I don't know. For Penn State, Sean Clifford actually, I know I know he had three picks, but he actually did play a little bit better than I thought he was capable of playing. He threw a lot more than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought, you know, going into the game, the game plan for Penn State would have to be to run the ball and kind of control the clock. Yeah. I think they did okay at that for, for, for a little bit of the game. But then it just, you know, towards the end, it turned into a straight shootout. So it's just, it's, you can't turn the ball over against um, Ohio State. Yeah, four turnovers. They're, they're going to convert. Yeah. You know, they're going to turn around and get six quick. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to limit, uh, limit the mistakes against this team because they will just punish you. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think, I think Penn State showed a little bit more fight than I thought they had, uh, especially after watching that Michigan game. Yeah. So I think that was good to see, you know, because I was barely, I was convinced that we were going to see just a blowout. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they made it competitive. You know, they kind of threw it away. I think they were up, what was it, 21 to 16 late in the, not late in the fourth, early in the fourth. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Ohio State obviously exploded. That's kind of what they do at home, though. They just seem to, they seem like a different football team when when Penn State's at home. The Nittany Lions. Yeah. 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 That energy. For sure. Yeah, um, and the checkered crowd was cool too. I like. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I did see that. I thought it was a whiteout, but then I was like, "Oh, dang, that's that's pretty cool," you know. Yeah. Pretty neat. But yeah, so you know, I think Penn State. Yeah, they're close. They're so close. I think to compete, and I think they need they need a true kind of quarterback 
And I think they just need maybe need like one or two more pieces on defense. Yeah. And then I think, you know, they're they can compete with, you know, the Ohio States and Michigans of the world. But I think kind of transitioning into Michigan a little bit. Did you uh see any of those videos of the fight oh, yeah. in the tunnel? Oh my gosh. Dude, that Do you even know the context of that story? I haven't found anything yet. But I, think, I don't know how one Michigan player is surrounded by 10 Michigan State Apparently players. he just got lost or, like, well, just wandered off or something. I, I don't know. Well, the problem that I have with Michigan is I know that their locker room's on the same side. Yeah, so they they come out the same tunnel. Yeah. This happens all the time there. I'd say it happened with Penn State. There was like It happens every year, dude, when they yeah. play Ohio State or something. Like, there's always either a pre— Like, they got to coordinate it better, you know? Yeah, it's like one team has to go in and then, like— you know, wait until yeah. they get in the locker room and then, you know, take the other team in. But yeah, I mean, throw, I throw all like a hundred dudes in there, all just tons of adrenaline. I mean, probably hate the other guys, especially with yeah, that rivalry, yeah. Ohio state, like, and you expect there not to be a fight. I mean, I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often, but, yeah. but I mean, there's no excuse for what was going down. I mean, that was, that was brutal. No, yeah. Those Michigan state players are really, they were, they were teeing they, off, you know, they yeah. were throwing, you know, haymakers. Yeah. They were throwing. So. Yeah. It was nothing. I even saw a video where, like, Harbaugh started running down the tunnel a little bit while, like, another one of his players was, like, getting punched. I'm like, as a coach, I feel like I would run in there and, you know, like, break something up up or something. I don't know. Yeah, see Harbaugh just, you know, rolling up the khakis, just starts throwing some haymakers. Yeah. Love to see it. I don't even know. Like, that's just a whole weird situation. But I I think they're investigating it. I'm sure there's going to be some consequences. Well, the Michigan president said that he was going to hit him with, like, a soul or something. Like the Michigan State players. Oh yikes! So, I don't know. Someone's a little, someone's a little salty about about a couple of losses in the yeah. past. <laughs> no, yeah. So I don't know. Other than that, that was probably the most exciting thing about the game. Yeah, game wasn't too exciting. I don't know. Michigan kind right. of. It was Michigan does what Michigan does. You know, they start off kind of slow. slow. Yeah, yeah, slow, and then you know the final score looks a lot better than you know the actual game was. In my opinion, you know, I feel like they've done that multiple games this year. No, yeah, like, you know, I think Blake Corum taking 33 carries is, is very interesting. You know, I know he is kind of, not their offense, but, you know, one a huge part of their offense. But 33 carries is, is interesting to me. Why? Is that a lot? I think that's a lot. I think so, you know. That's I think, how Michigan, that, that's their offense. No, yeah, I just, I just think, like, you know, to see him at 33 and then Donovan at 10, you know, I wonder why, you know, was Blake Corum you know, just a little bit better in practice and he earned like those extra reps or something. But I thought they would split him up a little bit, yeah. a little bit more. But, you know, I guess if he's working, you know, he was working through the game, so I don't blame him, you know, for keep handing him the ball. But mm. I don't know, 33 is just, it's a lot of carries in my opinion. Yeah. But, you know, if it works, it works, you know. That's so why good. I'm so excited for uh, the rivalry game at the end of year, Michigan-Ohio State, because it's two completely different play styles on offense. You know, we yeah. got Michigan who ground and pound. And then Ohio State, they'll throw it 60 times a game and be very successful with it. So, I mean, as as weeks go on, like, like I'm getting more excited for that game. Yeah. And, you know, I think that will probably be probably the game. I don't know. You could argue the game of the season is is this weekend with Georgia and Tennessee. But I think yeah. I think Ohio State and Michigan will be a little bit better. Yeah. If, if they're undefeated going into it. Yeah, that. if they're both 11-0 going into it. Just because I think it will mean a little bit more. Which it looks like it will play out that way. I mean, Michigan, they got Illinois, I think, two weeks. So, I Is mean, that at that, home? I think, yeah, that's at home. Home. Yeah. So, That'll be in the big house. Yeah, it looks like Illinois is 
Illinois. 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 Really hit the S on that Ill- Illinois. Illinois making noise <laughs> this weekend. No, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> looks like looks like Illinois kind of, you know, took control of that other division. Other this weekend. Yeah. So I think yeah, I think they got a firm grasp on it. When now. we talk about the Big Ten, so. we only talk about the one division. No, yeah. We only talk about Penn State, yeah. Ohio State, and Michigan. Yeah, that, that East sometimes division. Michigan State. <laughs> and then sometimes we'll mention West Division is when you know, Illinois plays Michigan. That'll be the only yeah. time we talk about the West Division. But. Yeah, they'll get some run there. Mm-hmm. But. And then I think the biggest game for me, Iowa, man. They scored 33 this weekend. Dude, that's got to be out. that's got to be a program high. At least the, a season high. Definitely a season high. But Unironically, I think it is season high. No, I think it's definitely a season high. By double, probably. <laughs> yeah. I think the most points they scored, you know, was probably like 21. Which is good to see, you know, see them get in the end zone. Yeah. Freaking... Man, they'd be balling, dude. Their defense is like they were playing Northwestern, who is you know, North. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I feel like... I love to see. I love to see Iowa. You know, getting actually in the end zone, rewarding that defense a little bit. But yeah, besides that, that's you know, nothing really else to talk it's, about. Big yeah, game. it's really going to come down to that last game of the season. Yeah, Michigan going to uh, the shoe against Ohio State. Our next conference we're going to talk about is the mid twelve. I mean, I mean the Big Twelve. Excuse me, sorry. I, I thought, uh, yeah, we got it right. Okay, it's the Big Twelve. Yes, Big okay. Twelve. Yeah, yeah, Big Twelve. But we were just talking about how, um, you know, the the worst team in this conference is Iowa State at three and five, and then the second best team in this conference is six and two. So it's like from that three to five range. Like, there's no like extremely terrible team. Like, I mean, Colorado for for instance, one one win team. Compared to, you know, it's it's all three to six, so it's it's pretty medium conference is what what we're trying to say. Yeah, and this, say like if you take out the two outliers with TCU at the top and Iowa State at the bottom, everybody's stuck in the middle with either four wins, five wins, or six wins. It's like oh, West Virginia's three and five as well. Oh, they are. Yes, yeah, so we got two outliers. Oh wow, two outliers. Yeah. Thanks. So, but other yeah, like you were saying, it's just like besides those three outliers, it's just. Four, five, six. <laughs> I know it's like the SEC is like pretty top heavy, with like some bottom teams. The big, you know, Big Ten same way, pretty top heavy, mm-hmm. bottom teams, and then, you know, the Big Twelve has a top team, and then just like a bunch Mid, of like yeah, just you know, middle teams, yeah, yeah, just a bunch of medium. So, but I mean, a couple upsets within this conference. Um, I guess one it would be Oak State getting destroyed. Um, 48 to zero Kansas State getting it done against that against them I know you were surprised they stayed in the rankings after losing that bad you know what are your thoughts on that well yeah so I know it's week one but week one Oregon loses 49 to three to the number one team in the nation and jumps out of the rankings Oklahoma State loses 48 to zero to the number 22 team in the nation and they only dropped nine spots Something's wrong with that. Pretty like something doesn't yeah. make sense. Like maybe you know, maybe the the committee looks at it differently. But the fact that losing by forty eight is is one thing in itself. Shut Not out. scoring. Shut out. Especially with the quarterback you have. Like Spencer Sanders is a good quarterback. The fact that you got shut out is just beyond me. Yeah. I can't, I can't get behind that one bit. But honestly. I never in a million years would have saw this coming. You know, backup quarterback oh, yeah. for Kansas State. Yeah, Kansas State playing with Martinez out. He played like a fifth-year starter. Crazy. I'm almost like, I'm almost wondering, you know, 
maybe Howard should play quarterback yeah. the rest of the way because he was fantastic, you know. That yeah, was great. He looked so comfortable. He didn't really – I didn't think he really made any any mistakes, yeah. you know, through the most of the game. And he was just kind of – it's almost like he'd been playing college football for, mm-hmm. for like, his whole life. Which is crazy. So comfortable. A couple of things, though. I mean, you're at home, which, which helps with the comfort. But, Definitely. I mean, when your defense is performing that well, and, I mean, the other team's not scoring, the game's not as close – and I mean, you're up 14 to zero at the end of the first quarter. Then, then you know things things are easier. I would say. No, yeah, definitely. And I think Deuce Vaughn. This was the first time we finally saw you know Deuce Vaughn be Deuce Vaughn. You know. Yeah. Uh, that that 62 yard run. I was like, oh my gosh, like he's back. Mm-hmm. You know, he's back playing high level football. So that was you know good to see. And yeah, I've just I have not seen a team outside of like Georgia, Alabama. You know, the big dogs play this complete of a football game in, in a while yeah like it was so complete you know special teams was good you know offense was good defense was good you know the coaching it seems like they they out coached the heck out of oklahoma state yeah so incredible so i coached the heck out of them bro they got they got out coached the heck out of they them. yeah we're family friendly around here yeah. so. <laughs> but um no it was just unreal you know I've, i just have not seen that complete of a performance you know outside of what Alabama does to teams on a weekly basis, same with Georgia, especially for the top most part. Ten, especially a top ten team. Now, yeah, yeah, they really, they like flat out embarrassed them, yeah. in my opinion. You know, if I was an Oklahoma State fan, I would, I'd be really upset with you know how my team played. You know, that that's you just a nice got way. Of, that's a nice way of saying that you could have said a lot of other things. You know, like I said, family, be, family friendly, yeah, family around friendly here, so. around here. I'd be very, very upset. I would be very, very mad. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> like. It, it's just, especially with, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were talking Oklahoma State for the playoff. Now we're talking Oklahoma State not making the Big 12 championship game. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't control their destiny at all. Mm-hmm. They got to hope, you know, Kansas State loses two games and or TCU losing three, which I just don't see happening either way. But I don't know. I just, I just don't know what happened. You know, were they really that unprepared to travel on the road and, and yep. play against, you know, Kansas State? Yeah. Maybe they had, you know, their whole defense was hurt or something. I don't know. Something. Something, yeah. Must something be. wasn't right. Yeah. But, you know, I think big credit to Kansas State and what they did this weekend. Yeah. You know, impressed the heck out of me. Yeah. So impressive. Impressive. Impressive as heck. Impressive as heck. As heck. And the other game was going to be uh, TCU going at West Virginia, who, I mean, we talked about them being at the bottom of the conference, but played a closer one than we, we kind of expected. Yeah, they were on upset alert in Morgantown. I was getting nervous for TCU. Yeah, I think because this was uh, this was during the Ohio State game, wasn't it? I think it was, yeah, it was morning. I think we were getting the updates, and I kept hearing like, "Oh, West Virginia making it close in Morgantown." I'm like, I was like, "Oh, what? it's like maybe I need to be watching that yeah. game yeah, <laughs> instead seriously. of this one." But you know, they kept it close for for majority of the game. You know, only lost. I think there was a last second touchdown by TCU that that sealed it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, shout out to TCU. You know, they're getting the job done. I think a real weakness on that TCU team, though, is that defense. So it'd be yeah. interesting to see if they get, you know, maybe a rematch against Kansas State or even maybe if they do sneak into the playoff, kind of what teams do to exploit that defense. You think so, they, yeah, you think they got around the table to make the playoff? I think they could get in at 12 and 1. Um, With the depending conference championship, on, of course. Yeah, with the conference championship, yeah. of course, yeah. Uh, depending on, you know, 
who that loss is to, mm-hmm. but I don't expect them to lose the rest of the way. Yeah. I think their schedule, I think they've kind of went through the gauntlet already. I think they got what Iowa State's in there, I want to say. Iowa State, Baylor, and Te- uh, Texas could be a tricky game. Yeah. And then Texas Tech. I think they should be able to. I think I think Texas could be a tricky game, but I think you know they should be fine against Texas Tech. They should be fine against Iowa State, Baylor. Depending on the Texas result, I think they'll be fine as well. Yeah. So I would expect them to you know be twelve and zero heading into that Big Twelve Championship game, which makes things tricky. You know, if they if they're twelve and zero going into the Big Twelve Championship, lose, then like what happens then? Yeah, that would be interesting. Because they would be, you know what, 12 and 1. 12 and 1. Lost to a team that they already beat. Yep. And be second. No conference yeah. championship. So. I, I know that they, they put a lot of value on being conference champions. They want, they want you they, to win your conference. They do, 100%. So, that, so, would I mean, be, that would another, be interesting. Yeah, another situation where it would kind of, you know, cause some headaches for the committee. Definitely, yeah. So. But yeah, besides kind of outside of those two games, you know, Baylor kind of. Playing like Baylor, eight games too late or seven games yeah. too late. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. No, they had a good performance. You know, I thought they, they they were really solid. Sleepers, sleeper team. Iowa State has to be one of the best zero and five teams in conference. Like, <laughs> they play close games every week, every. and they just can't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe twenty seven thirteen isn't necessarily close, but like, if you look at their losses, they lost by seven to Baylor, three to Kansas, one to Kansas State. Three to Texas oh, and now gosh. fourteen to Oklahoma. So Oklahoma was the biggest kind of, you know, blowout game between them. But you know, if a couple things go their way, you could be talking about Iowa State being maybe you know eight and one with that only loss to Oklahoma. Yeah. So interesting, kind of how how the sport got works. A heartbreaking season. Yeah. So other than, yeah, so TCU. I mean, last chance for Big Twelve to realistically get in the playoff. I mean, from, from you know, I, I don't see another team besides them getting in. Yeah. It'd be very hard. It'd have to be chaos. It would, it would yeah. have to be, one, chaos amongst other conferences, and then, two, I mean, you got to win out and, and win the conference championship. So, I mean, TCU, playoff contenders, the rest, you know, fighting for a good bowl game. Yeah. The SEC time. This is this is what we've been waiting for all night. But um, I'm just going to start by saying Tennessee – Best team in the country. What are you what are you thinking? Agree. Agree. Hundred percent agree. I think I saw people on Twitter questioning if Will Levis was a first round QB after last night. Yeah. Which is beyond me. You really? Know? You think you think he still is? Yeah. Cause I think people like the NFL draft values stats. Like they don't want to see a quarterback who's thrown forty interceptions to, you know, five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to see him like produce in college, obviously, but there's so much more that goes into a draft pick. Like Anthony Richardson has been pretty poor as a quarterback, but he's probably still a, a you know a first round talent because his arm strength is ridiculous and he can sling the ball literally anywhere. He just needs to work on his accuracy mm-hmm. and kind of understanding football a little bit better. Yeah, which are things I mean you can work on. And I think that's same with you know Will Levis. I think he has insane arm talent and you know his release is is pretty crazy too. I just think he's he's really struggling to kind of understand football right now and kind of where the ball needs to go and kind of moving the chains yeah. for his offense. So I think what people don't understand is that there's more that goes into a football team's offense so much. than just the quarterback, you know? So much. I mean, you look at his stats, 98 yards, three interceptions, you're like, oh, he sucks. Exactly. You know? Well, maybe he wasn't getting the protection, you know? 
maybe the receivers around him weren't performing at a level you know required for that because I mean some of the interceptions weren't even like I know that one it was the big hit Tennessee had the big hit on the receiver he dropped it and lands right in the guy's lap yeah I mean that's not a will he threw it right to the guy's chest so I mean you can't just base um base the quarterback off of you know the statistics just the stats yeah and I know that teams have been getting pressure on on Will Levis too. You know, Tennessee got four sacks and you know eight tackles for loss, and you know kind of made it made it tough on him all night. But I think this is a, a more impressive performance for Tennessee than maybe they might get credit. Yeah, I do think uh, Kentucky in most other conferences is probably competing. You know, for mm-hmm. for the top team in the conference. So that just shows how how crazy you know the SEC the is. SEC. But yeah, Hendon Hooker, man. Once they put those jerseys on, it's like they're not going to lose. Oh, yeah, those no black way. and orange yeah, ones. Yeah, the dark mode jerseys, I mean, yeah, they look good. And they were definitely going to freaking ball out when oh, they yeah. were in those threads for sure. But no, yeah, like the more I think about Hendon Hooker, I think the thing when it comes to him, you know, being being drafted in the spring is he's 25 years old. And that, that scares me because, you know, there's a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Like, I don't think Lamar Jackson is. Lamar Jackson might be 25, yeah, and he's playing the league for four years. So I think that scares me when it comes to to Hennon Hooker. But the more and more I watch him play every week, the more and more it just suddenly doesn't matter to me anymore. Yeah, because he's just playing at that high of a level. So it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up, you know, in the draft, you know, this year. But for Tennessee, man, that huge one against Georgia. Yeah, they've played a gauntlet of a schedule. I know it's ridiculous. I think it's because. The way the SEC kind of structures their schedules is so that, you know, these top teams don't really play against each other that much. And, I mean, Tennessee wasn't – we weren't expecting Tennessee to be top two, you know, 8-0 in the country right now, or 8-0 oh, yeah. start, you know. So that's why they're getting Bama and Georgia and, I mean, three under, three other ranked opponents as well. So that's kind of my, my perspective on that. Yeah, and, like, you can argue that LSU is, is maybe – fourth or fifth in the nation and you know they they don't or not in the nation but in the conference yeah i was like what and uh and they dominated lsu you know absolutely embarrassed them on the road yeah and i think kentucky is a solid team i think you know they obviously have a couple things that are limiting them Mm -hmm. um, on both sides of the ball but i still think kentucky's a good a good team you know they absolutely embarrassed them so this georgia game i think we learned a lot about them against alabama at home but I think Georgia on the road in that, you know, hostile environment in Athens, man, Dude, that's going to be – I know we talked about Ohio State and Michigan being game of the year, but that atmosphere alone is going to be must-watch. Must-watch. And, I mean, Tennessee, they move up in the AP, tied for second, which, you know, we were talking about earlier. Did they do that, you know, for this game to make it a one versus two in the country? Does it, does it even matter? Because, I mean, we get the – We'll get the new poll in two days. You know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I don't know. I think the AP, you know, it is voter based, so I guess there is a is a real possibility that there was like a tie between you know voters voting that had Tennessee at two, Ohio State at two. But I do think it's interesting that you know Tennessee had 18 first place votes, and they're still tied for second. Yeah. So yeah. I think that should, I don't know. I don't really understand how the whole AP algorithm like works for how they kind of get the poll together. But 
All I know is I want it gone. Yeah, I'm glad it's gone. I want to move on. Know? Yeah, this is the first time I looked at a poll, and I'm like, nice. Yeah, I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I was yeah. Like nice. It is. It's irrelevant in 48 hours. Yeah. So, other than that, I mean, Florida, Georgia, was. I mean, Georgia business as usual. We expected them to beat Florida, but you know, it was a little closer. I'd say maybe some expected. I'd say I had turned off the game. Kind of, you know, went on with my day, and you texted me and said, you know, Florida. And yeah. I was like, oh, okay. With the eyes emoji, you know? Yeah. I was, was like, like, oh, making it close. And yeah. then, uh, that third quarter was, was big for Florida. Yeah. And then I walked into the gym, turned the game back on, and, and Georgia had scored again. So I was like, well, so much for that. But yeah. Yeah. Stetson Bennett is, is a really interesting quarterback for me because I think he has talent, but it's like, I think he's so blessed with a lot that's around him. Yeah. That, you know, like his talent, he's like the minimum that Georgia needs to be successful and win mm-hmm. a national championship, you know? Yeah. Like imagine you throw, if you throw in like a, I don't even know, maybe like a Will Levis into that Georgia offense, are they even that much better, you know? Or is Stetson Bennett yeah. just so good at what he does that, you know, he just makes Georgia go? Yeah. So I think I, I think he's in there to not lose games. Yeah, he's the yep. ultimate game manager. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, did you see the play to to Brock Bowers, where he threw it? The Florida D back um, got a hand on it. It like hit off his shoulder, hit off his helmet, hit off Brock Bowers' helmet. Oh yeah, and then lands in his. Oh hands. yeah, and he just ran it the whole way or something. <laughs> like, I mean, what do you even do about that? You know, we've seen we've seen crazier things, but I mean that's pretty bizarre. Oh, and then they the Florida also had the pick where. He threw it, and the Georgia guy caught it, and then he, like, ripped it out of his hands and landed in bounds, too, oh which was – it was crazy yeah, as well. Pretty insane. But, yeah, Georgia, you know, business as usual in that Jacksonville game against Florida. Ole Miss struggled a little bit against Texas A&M, but, you know, pulled out, which is, you know, good to see. Good road win. I mean, dude, how disappointing is Texas A&M? Uh, looks like we got a new quarterback for A&M this week. Yeah, it was it was a Wyman. Wyman, different Wyman. than uh, Haynes and Max Johnson. Max Johnson. So. Yeah, he actually played good. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I mean they're desperate. Yeah, the, the, you know he he was in a uh, in math on Monday morning. Yeah, when yeah. coach came in. Yeah, Jimbo rolled up. He's like, hey, I seen those. I seen that arm. <laughs> I seen that arm. Bro, we need someone. <laughs> He's like, yo, yo, throw me a throw me an apple. Let me yeah. see the form. <laughs> it, it crumble up that piece of paper. Let's yeah. let's see if you can get across the room. All right. Are you, you're starting. Yeah, yep, you're starting this week against. You know anything about Ole Miss? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, you're going to learn. He's probably got a bag, too. He's probably got some money. Yeah. It's probably. Like, <laughs> yeah. Play against, play against Ole Miss this week. We, you know, we'll, we'll throw $2 million into your account. Yeah, exactly. So. Direct wire. So. That's just the running joke of the year. It's just yeah. money in A&M. Texas A&M. They really should change the the and sign in the middle to just a money sign. Just a money sign. Yeah. So. Texas A money M. Change them to ASM. Yeah, yeah, I so, agree. Yeah, we probably should stop the jokes. Yeah, A <laughs> M fan. Anytime we start talking about Texas A M, A M fans just turn it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're just done for everybody. Yeah, yeah. But um, I think South Carolina losing to you know Missouri, who's one of the you know toughest four and four teams in the country. Obviously, yeah. Um, I think that was kind of a surprise, but I I, I think we both agree that South Carolina shouldn't have been there, anyways. Um, in the rankings last week, yeah, when we talked about our recap, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you know, kind of really. So two SEC teams, um, dropped out. So we only get five in the AP. Surprising. Yeah. It's probably the, the lowest in the last, you know, 20 years. No, they were, they were probably 
mad. They're like, yeah. who else is there? Let's throw Missouri in there, you know, 4-4. But, you know, you know, big week, obviously, you know, Tennessee and Georgia, but I think, you know, Alabama and LSU has, has a chance to be an all-time classic as well. I'm so excited. So it's going to be a your, good week yeah, of football. Get your popcorn ready because, uh, you know, what does this game mean for playoff? Obviously, you know, we talked about how this is between Georgia and Tennessee is kind of like it's kind of like a quarterfinal, I guess. I don't know. For the playoff? For the for the playoff. You know, winner here has a very clear path to the playoff. Even the loser, you can make an argument, has a path to the playoff as well. Yeah. Um, and then for LSU, you know, if you beat Alabama, you control your destiny to the SEC championship game. So I think they still have a shot. I think they LSU? do. I think they do. In the playoff? Yeah, if they went out. Yeah, I think, you know, depending on what's happening elsewhere, I think, you know, you could definitely make an argument mm-hmm. for them. Yeah, depending on so. that. Because we probably won't. I think there's no way we don't see two SEC teams. You know, I, I try yeah. to come up with all these different scenarios, and, like, it's just probably a 90% chance we, we see two SEC teams in the playoff. Three is just, like, stretching it, you know. With, with how much is going on in other conferences, if we have three one-loss SEC teams, like say uh, Georgia, say Georgia beats Tennessee, and then Tennessee's one loss and Georgia's undefeated, Georgia goes SEC championship, loses to Bama, then we have a, we have a situation where we have three one-loss teams all to each other. You know, who gets left out? Oh, yeah. So it's that, that would be crazy. Another head-scratcher, you know, another headache for uh, the committee at that point. Yeah, I think the committee is just praying that LSU wins this weekend to kind of clear some of that up for them. Yeah, 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 so, 100%. But, yeah. Then, but then you got then you got to bring LSU into the, the situation. Yeah, so they're going to have a problem on their hands, you know. Yeah. They're praying for upsets somewhere. Mm-hmm. So Me too. Uh, I'm praying for upsets yeah, for sure. I, would lo- I think we still have a chance to see some, so it'll be interesting to see how, how the last couple weeks kind of wind down. Pack 12 time last conference and uh, i think we're going to start with the thursday night game number 14 utah um, winning against washington state um, i know that there were a few injuries um, on that Utah side but they were able to get it done um, what, what's your takeaway from this one um yeah i don't think i've ever had a heart attack watching <laughs> you know a football game because you know I, as utah fans Like, it was already crazy kind of at the start of the game because, you know, our starting running back was pronounced out. And then, well, I guess our starting running back, our our running back two was pronounced out. But he was going to be the starter because our running back one was already out. But he was pronounced out. And then we saw him warming up. And then everyone's like, never mind, he's going to play. It's like there's already that kind of craziness happening on Twitter. And then, you know, obviously quarterback two runs out there. To, you know, play while QB one is you know sitting on the sidelines, and at that point I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, at that point I was like, "What is happening?" Like Wazoo is already a good enough team to you know make the trip difficult with our starters. You know, throwing in our backups, I thought it, I thought it was over. You know, yeah. I thought that they didn't stand a chance. But you know, I think for Utah, I think we finally saw the defense show up. For the, you know, yeah, for the first time this season. Yeah, they played they played fantastic. You know, Cam Ward is a tricky quarterback, you know, just by looking at his numbers. You know, he only threw four incompletions on yeah, 31 passes. Very efficient. Very efficient. You know, gets the ball out quick and, you know, really causes problems for, you know, a lot of teams. So They almost beat Oregon earlier this year. Should have beat Oregon. Should have beat Oregon, yeah. 
I think they were up, what, maybe 14 in the fourth quarter against them earlier this year. Totally blew it. Or maybe it was even more than that. Yeah. But so. should have got it done. I mean, Wazoo, they're definitely, I think, they're, they're pretty solid, I would say. Yeah, they're definitely a tricky team to play against, especially, you know, on the Palouse on a, 30, on a Thursday night. So, Such a weird game. I mean, we both watched it. Probably one of the weirdest football games I've ever watched. And I think it's also a weird destination. I think we talked about it on Wednesday, kind of how you fly into um, Spokane, I want to say. Yeah. Fly into Spokane. It's like a 30-minute drive. So it's just a weird, I don't know, it's overall weird Different dynamics, yeah. But, you know, they got it done. You know, quarterback two, you know, Bryson Barnes kind of, you know, he did his thing. Wasn't I don't think he was terrible. What, did, was what right. did they say about him? They said he was like Eagle Scout. Eagle Scout, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard that. Um, well, that's actually another situation we could talk about is uh, Fox Sports. And, um, you know, they were pretty upset with the way Utah handled the injury situation, didn't yes. notify, you know, the broadcast team prior. So they didn't have many notes on the backup. Yeah, because I think they, they brought it up like 20 times that Cam Rising wasn't playing. Yeah. It seemed like every five minutes. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, gonna... just a reminder, Utah's quarterback, Cam Rising, That's all they not knew. playing. It's like, yeah. No, I heard that like during the first like timeout TV break, they were scrambling, looking for you know information on Bryson Barnes, and that's yeah. why they said like Eagle Scout because that was one of the only things. Yeah. I mean, dudes from Milford, Utah, population probably what two hundred, maybe yeah. Yeah, they looked up his LinkedIn or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like pulling yeah. things from it. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I thought you know, I thought that whole situation was was weird, and I don't I don't blame. You know, Kyle Winningham in Utah for not disclosing that information because, you know, it sounds like Cam Rising was expected to play. Yeah. And then, like, about, I think it was about, like, 40 minutes before kickoff is when they announced, like, Cam's like, hey, I can't play. Like, I'm Yeah, not, and it I'm was his personal it. decision. Yeah. I mean, he it just didn't feel right. So. So that's the reasoning behind that. But, you know, it definitely gives you, I feel like it's a disadvantage, you know. If, if you go out and say, like, hey, like, yeah, we're running with our quarterback, too, it is the same offense. But you know, different, different, different guy player. out there. Yeah. So the whole game, the whole game was just kind of weird. It was like nobody really knew what was going on. You know, it was it was kind of weird too because because Bryson went straight down the field, and yeah. it's like, wow, our quarterback too is is cooking right now. Yeah. And like you know, they missed they missed the field goal, but you know, I I'm more and more impressed the more I watch you know Cam Ward play. He's he's so efficient with the ball, and I hope he stays at Wazoo for at least a couple more years, because I think he could turn into a really special quarterback for them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, just didn't quite have enough. I know they were missing players. They were missing their their starting running back and their starting wide receiver, I yeah. want to say. So they were missing players too. So, you know, two you know injured teams coming off buys. But, you know, they played a, I wouldn't say an entertaining game, but a solid game. You know, it was, yeah. it was, it was good. It was fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really – Really could have changed the outlook of the Pac-12 if yeah. Wazoo would have won that. Oh, yeah, 100%. And uh, obviously, they get a long week to rest up, so we hope to see you know some healthy players um, next week. Yeah, for sure. Um, the other one I want to talk about is Oregon going at Cal. Um, Oregon got it done pretty big. I think they won by 18. Yeah, 42-24, won by 18. It was closer there and kind of towards the first half. You know, we thought maybe Cal – would play a close one similar to what they did last year. I know it went to overtime when uh, they traveled to Eugene and played the Ducks last year. But um, Bo Nix, he's still making a case for maybe a Heisman you know, contender. 
Now, yeah, I think Oregon uh, Twitter fans were about to explode after the first quarter. You know, Cal was obviously up 3-0. Three zero, three nil, three nil. That <laughs> watching too much soccer today, but yeah, um, yeah, they're up three zero, and then I know Oregon got a touchdown, then Cal got a touchdown, and it was kind of Oregon fans were like, oh, here we go again, you know, because they've struggled against Cal, you know, for sure. But yeah, I think Bonix, you know, did it. You know, it seems like he always has, you know, a couple passing touchdowns, and then just a million rushing touchdowns. Yeah, you know, you know obviously three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Do they just get to the one yard line and just run QB sneaks? Like it's, it's they're packing his stats and say it's it's the Bo Nix package. Like all right, yeah. Bo Nix package. You know, let him just run it straight up the middle three times until he scores. So, but yeah. like seriously, you think he should be in contention for the Heisman? Yeah, I think he definitely has a case for sure. I think, I think the thing that isn't talked about with the Heisman it's it's definitely a, a team award. You know, people yeah. don't really see it that way. But if your team is you know four and eight. And you have ridiculous stats, you're not going to win the Heisman, mm. you know. So I think, I think him having a Heisman campaign depends on, you know, him obviously playing well, and then Oregon obviously, you know, playing well as well. And then maybe even the success of Georgia. Yeah, you know, I think they want Georgia. I think the best case scenario for Bo Nix is to have a rematch with Georgia. Yeah, you know, eventually playoff. So maybe playoff. Maybe maybe in the playoff, but you know, he's already got. 20 passing touchdowns on the on the season and that's considerably more well not considerably more but more than he's had you know in 2021 2020 or 2019 so you know he's been getting it done and that doesn't even include you know his rushing touchdowns which i'm sure he has a billion as well yeah you know he's say seven rushing touchdowns so 27 total touchdowns the interceptions are creeping up there a little bit i feel like i feel like he has been you know a little bit more reckless with the ball um, in the past couple games, you know, some of them resulted in picks, some of them have not. But you know, I, you know, Oregon's playing as good as you know anybody in the country right now. I think so. It's yeah, gonna be I, interesting to watch how they finish the season. Yeah, and I think for the game, the game to look forward for them is obviously you know at home against Utah. Yes, I think that the next two weeks they kind of you know it's a little softer and same for the Utes. You know, some time to rest their guys up and get ready for that big one in Eugene that we'll, we'll get to see. Hopefully, a top. Top ten matchup, yeah. I think I think if both teams went out till then, yeah, I think it's definitely definitely a top ten matchup. Hundred percent, so. yeah. And uh, the the other game in the Pac twelve would be number ten USC winning by only a touchdown against Arizona on the road. Yeah, Arizona. Arizona's a weird team. Weird team because yeah, they, they their offense is electric. You know, they, oh, dude, I was watching those highlights. Yeah, those receivers are ridiculous. The one-handed catch there was under two the defensive back. Did two, you see that one? Yeah, that one was wild. There was two one-handed catch. There was one in the end zone, and then there was one. I mean, around midfield, but I mean, ridiculous. Yeah, the, those receivers are electric, and it's too bad their defense kind of. I mean, it is USC, who has an explosive offense in in themselves, but I mean. If, if their defense, you know, could kind of hold on a little bit, they they could be a pretty serious team. Well, yeah, they're known for giving up points, you know. 39 against Mississippi State, you know, 49 to Cal, 49 to Oregon, 49 to Washington. So, you know, they're Gee, known. A couple they're, hundred. Yeah, they're known for giving up points. So mm-hmm. it is kind of, you know, when you go and play Arizona, it's going to be a shootout, you know. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to you're gonna have to score. But, you know, Jaden Delora – has really kind of flourished a little bit more down in Arizona than he was up at Wazoo. 
But, um, you know, his wide receivers are electric, and, and that offense is – it's actually a really fun team to watch. Yeah. You know? I know they're, you know, three and five, one and four in conference, but they're a really fun football team to watch because, yeah. you know, they play electric football, and, you know, they really – you know, they really get after it down there. Yeah, I think the Pac-12 is more competitive than, you know, the country kind of gives them credit for being. Definitely. 100%. Because, I mean, I think Arizona is a pretty solid team. And for them being, you know, 3-5, and 1-4 in conference, you know, I, I think that the team is a lot better than their record shows. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And they actually were really giving USC troubles. You know, yeah. I know there was a point, you know, going into the half when USC fans were crying about the refs. And, you know, how they're refing the game. And I think, you know, refs are going to be refs. You know, you kind of have to take it with, with a grain of salt you mm. know, every time. But I think it was more to the fact that Arizona was giving them a game. You know, yeah. I think their fans were frustrated that, yeah. you know, Arizona was keeping up with them because, you know, Arizona had more penalties for more for more yards than USC did. Yeah. So it wasn't really a refing problem. <laughs> I think it was more of, you know, Arizona came to play and they were giving USC everything they could. I love the passive aggression, you know. Towards the, you know, it really wasn't the ref. You know, I, I could hear it in your voice. Pretty Dude, funny. I'm still hearing about refs and uh, the Utah game. That was almost, yeah. you know, what, three weeks ago now. It's crazy. So I guess I feel like half of it for you is, you know, half the game and half Twitter. Yeah. You know, you got that feed pulled up beside the game on the TV. I know, love reading people's through. terrible takes. <laughs> Do you reply? Or you just kind of read them? You're just... Sometimes. Okay. It depends. Yeah, it depends on the mood. Or... How terrible the take yeah, is, you know. I got you. But for USC, do you think we should be concerned about this team? I don't think so. You know, I know they were missing players because of. I know, you know I, I do know Addison was out. And, uh, yeah, Addison was out, and they had you know their best. I think one of their best offensive line was out as well. Yeah, but um, this defense, you know, Vor- Vohees or something like that. Their defense is questionable, though. We so. knew that. We knew that going into this year. We knew that you know USC was going to have that explosive offense. It was going to come down to, you know, can the defense keep up and allow this team to, you know, compete on the national stage? Yeah, and I, like, as a USC fan, I think you, you just look for, you know, Caleb Williams and this offense to do their thing and just kind of hope that you don't run into a team that can stop you. Yeah. You know, if you run into a team or even slow you down, they don't even have to stop you. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can slow you down, it's going to cause you problems because your defense is a real liability. And uh, they definitely showed that um, against Arizona and, you know, against Utah even a couple weeks ago too. The thing is the Utes couldn't really – they couldn't stop them, and they still lost. Yeah, I think they couldn't stop them, but I think they slowed them down in that second half. Yeah, the second half. Because, you know, I think they, they scored, what, 28 in the first and only 14 in the second. So I think it just comes down to slowing down, you know, Caleb Williams in the offense and and then, you know, making sure that you're scoring on your possessions. So. Yeah. Is it is it outrageous to compare the USC offense to Ohio State's offense? Outrageous? No, I'm not saying they're on the. Uh, I guess I could. I would kind of be saying they're on the same level. I think they're in the same tier, but I think Ohio State is at the very very top of the tier, and I think USC is at the bottom of that tier. Where do you think that USC ranks as far as offenses in the country? They're probably top five. Top five. They're probably up there. They're, they're, it's probably like, you know, Ohio State. I throw Tennessee in there. Yeah. I throw USC in there. Um, I would probably throw Alabama. Yeah. Because I think Alabama can score. Lots of talent. And as crazy as it might sound, I might even throw like TCU in there. Because I think TCU can score. So. Okay. 
Um, probably in like that tier, I'd throw you know USC up there. Yeah, with like those teams. But yeah, that makes sense. Other than that, I mean UCLA got it done against Stanford. I know that um, DTR took some big hits. Um, hopefully, you know he's feeling he's feeling all right. We've seen a lot of injuries within this conference and across the whole country. And then Arizona State um, took care of business against Colorado. So, I mean, conference kind of playing. Think as things play out in the conference, you know, it, it kind of has really come down to four teams, and that being Oregon, UCLA, USC, and Utah. You know, fighting for that championship. Yep. So, what do you think is the most probable um, championship matchup? I know we talked about this earlier, but you know, now after seeing USC perform like that, what are your thoughts? Most probable is probably or most likely. Most likely is probably it's probably Oregon and probably UCLA. I would say, yeah, because you know, I wouldn't really say UCLA has a, an advantage because they're at home against USC, but I just think I think UCLA is capable of stopping USC or not stopping slowing slowing down their offense enough to let DTR and them win, and then um, I just think Oregon's so good at home, so I think that's why they got the edge over Utah. Yeah. You know, I think if if you put that game, you know, in Salt Lake City, like it was last year, I think Utah probably probably gets the win. Yeah. But I think since it's it's in Eugene, it's going to be such a tough ask for Utah, Plus, especially I mean, if their team isn't healthy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Who knows if they're going to be healthy or not? So, I mean, it's pretty interesting to think about you know those two games being semifinals yeah. for a Pac-12 championship. So, a lot to look out for there. All right, before we wrap things up, we have a segment for you guys. As you know. Um, College football playoff rankings come out in tw- or about 48 hours. So Tuesday, I think it's 7 Eastern time, there's going to be a show on ESPN where they come out with Week 10 college football playoff rankings, which is the first you know, poll that we get um, of the year. They do this every year starting with Week 10. And uh, we came up with what kind of our predictions on how you know this, this top 10 is going to be looking based off of I mean, we, we threw a couple things into consideration. We went back and looked, you know, how they did it last year in comparison to what the Week 10 AP poll looked like last year. Because, I mean, there were some changes when we were putting them side by side. For example, Oklahoma, they were fourth in the country in the AP at 9-0, and and uh, they dropped to 8. So, I mean, they obviously are valuing different things, one being – Probably you know strength of schedule. I think you looked at the Oklahoma schedule, right? Yeah, it was it was pretty weak. It was pretty weak. I think their best win was like maybe Texas or or West Virginia last year. Yeah, which so. wasn't anything crazy. So I mean, seen a pretty significant drop from a team who was top four in the country in the AP to uh, you know dropping eight, which is which is pretty crazy. So I mean, this is our prediction. It is not what we think. What if if we were to rank it, we would probably do it differently. But this is what we think the the committee is is going to come out with on Tuesday. You know, based based off of how they've done it in the past. So I mean, start off hot. We got number one at or Tennessee at number one. You want to explain why? Yeah, and it's I think you know the teams that have the argument to be here is I don't I don't think Ohio State necessarily has the argument yet to be here. I think it's just going to be between, you know, Georgia and Tennessee, and I think... It's because of that marquee win. Yeah, they have the win over Alabama, 
You know, they have the win over, you know, Kentucky. They have the win over LSU on the road. They just have so many ranked wins. You know, they've played a tough schedule. And they've looked impressive in, in almost all those games. Mm. And I think, you know, Georgia's best win is is obviously the throttling of Oregon. But I think everybody can agree that Oregon's not the same team that, you know, they are now. And that's their only ranked win or their only ranked game of the year. And it's Oregon. like Georgia looks shaky against Kent State. You know, they look shaky against Missouri. So I think that's why Tennessee should get the number one slot, you know. I think I think Georgia's, you know, played better as of recent weeks, but I think, you know, with kind of looking at the whole resume in itself, I think that's why Tennessee gets number one. They should. You know, I'd be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Georgia at one, but I would be pretty disappointed. I wouldn't be surprised either. I I, I think I'm the same. I'd be no, disappointed. You, you can, maybe they look at, you know, Georgia, obviously reigning champions from last year. Yeah. So maybe they look at that, but it's it's that's not that's a different team, you know. It's a whole different football team. Yeah, and, and you know, maybe they're looking at kind of you know, George has been playing better, you know, as of recent. So maybe they look at something like that. But it, it's to me, it seems like a no-brainer that Tennessee, you know, should be number one. Yeah, 100%. So we, obviously we got Georgia at two, Ohio State at three. Explain why we have Ohio State at three above Michigan at four. Yeah, and I think there could be an argument, too, for Ohio State maybe being two over Georgia. You know, I, I just got. I, I think we have you know Georgia at two just because of the win over Oregon and how big it was and how impressive. But I think, I think the win over Oregon is more impressive than Ohio State's win over Penn State. Penn State. Yep. yep. So, um, and then when it comes to Oregon or Ohio State and Michigan, you know they have the similar win. You know they have the win over Penn State. That's both of those teams' best win. I just think Ohio State has looked more impressive kind of through the weeks, you know, they've More been blowing teams yeah. out, you know, like I think the common matchup you can look at is Iowa for both teams, you know, Michigan won what 27 to 10 yeah. and you know, Ohio state won 54 to 10. Yeah. So it's like they're playing the same teams and Ohio state's, you know, been, you know, blowing them out, making it look a little bit better. Michigan state too is another example. Mm-hmm. You know, they scored 49, whereas Michigan only scored what 20, 27. Yeah. So, that's why I think I think just you know strength of victory. You know I think Ohio State has has been blowing teams out that Michigan has not necessarily been blowing teams out. And they have that you know common marquee victory. Ohio State's being at Penn State. You know Penn State had to travel to Michigan at the Big House. Yep. So I mean that you you factor that in as well. That's why we have Ohio State at three, and Michigan at four, five. We got Bama. You know and and we thought about putting TCU there, but you know. I don't, explain why we got Bama there. I can see a world where TCU is here at five, just because you know eight now undefeated, you know wins over Oklahoma State, Kansas State. I just think Bama's here because you know they played the number one team in the country on the road and only lost by three, and you know they also have the win over Texas. Um, Texas that was you know impressive at the time, considering how poor they played. And, you know, they, they beat Mississippi State, who was ranked. And, you know, they've... They've been dominant. They've been dominant yeah. in how they've done it. Yeah. If the committee came out and said TCU's at five, I would not be surprised at all. I'd be happy, actually. I'd be very happy, yeah. But we, we actually hope that TCU's at five. But our list is our expectations. I'd say if I had to predict it, though, I, I would expect Alabama to be at five. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think that kind of goes into to what who we think is at six, mm. you know. I mean, um, you even think about it last year, 
um, Bama was at three in the AP. They were at two in the college football playoff rankings. With a loss, yeah. With a loss. All in the same. Yeah, exactly. Number two with a loss. So, yeah. So I I just think, you know, Alabama is going to get the fifth spot. I think it just, I think it's just too hard to, mm-hmm. to kind of bash them for that loss yeah. against Tennessee. And then I think what we have TCU at six, TCU right? TCU at six and then Oregon at seven. Explain why we have Oregon at seven, UCLA at eight, both above Clemson at nine. Clemson just hasn't, they're A and O. You know, they, they've beaten everybody. You know, shout out to them. They haven't really blown teams out, though. Yeah. You know, I think their largest margin of victory is over Georgia Tech week one, 41 to 10. But, you know, they played a ranked Wake Forest on the road, only won by six. Um, you know, they'd they be a ranked NC State at home, only won by 10. Mm-hmm. You know, then they blew out Boston College, nice beat Florida State on the road by six, and then Syracuse by six. So it's like yeah. they're winning games, but they're not really convincing us that they're winning games. Kind of like, you know, I think they're in a similar situation to Oklahoma last year. Exactly. But, um, you know, they obviously have better wins than Oklahoma did, but they just haven't really been blowing teams out. And I just don't think their their marquee wins are that strong. I don't think Wake Forest and NC State is that strong of wins. I like Oregon's win over UCLA a lot more than I do Wake Forest and NC State. And I think Oregon is a completely different team than the team that lined up and played Georgia. I think if you take this Oregon team right now and play Georgia right now, I think that game is closer. I think Georgia still wins, but I think the game is closer. Yeah. So completely different ballgame. And then, yeah, for UCLA, you know, they have the win over Utah. and Which we think is more impressive than Clemson's win over Wake. And I think their win over Washington is also as impressive. Mm -hmm. Um I would I'd put both those wins over that. And, you know, UCLA, you know, they played Oregon on the road. And, you know, I think they only lost by 15. So, you know, they played them you know, somewhat tight, you know, pretty competitive game. So I think that's I think that's the case for, you know, Oregon and UCLA over Clemson. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the reason we have Clemson, you know, making that significant of a drop is just based off of, you know, the similar trend we saw last year with Oklahoma. If Clemson blew out, you know, say like, Say they played a close game like they did with Wake Forest. But if yeah. they blew out teams like, you know, maybe NC they State. blew out Syracuse, maybe they blew out, you know, NC State, I would maybe be a little bit more confident in keeping them higher. I'm just not convinced by them because, you know, they've they've been winning their games, but they just haven't really done it impressively. They obviously have a quarterback problem. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who starts this week um, for their game. Yeah. But they have a quarterback problem, and – they just haven't really been convincing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. 100%. There's going to be lots of changes, you know, within this top 10. With with the upcoming weeks, I know a lot of these teams will be playing each other, so I'm excited to see those changes. And we got number 10 is going to be Ole Miss. That's our prediction. Explain to me why we don't have it as, like, USC. I think USC, the only knock for USC is they have played a week schedule, and their best win is Oregon State, who just jumped in the rankings, and the the game that was probably their toughest game they lost yeah. on the road to Utah. So I don't think – I think you can't rank Utah at 10. I think that's just a little bit too high for them. And you can't rank USC over Utah, in my opinion. So I think that's why Ole Miss 
slots in. We really we really had a tough time kind of deciding who ten was going to be, because mm-hmm. I think you can make a case for Penn State, even knowing you know they have those two losses, but you know it's to the number three and number four team in the country, or maybe even Kansas State. I think Kansas State has a, has a you know legitimate you know thought too. I think the Tulane loss really hurts them. Like Tulane is ranked, but I just don't. That's just a bad loss, yeah. in my opinion. You know, it doesn't matter how good Tulane is. You know, you should be beating Tulane mm-hmm. at home. So there's that. But yeah, I think Ole Miss just kind of gets it because, you know, they got the win over Kentucky. Obviously, the loss to LSU hurts. But I think I think Ole Miss sneaks in at 10. Yeah. Yeah, so to repeat that because it was kind of all over the place, we got Tennessee at 1, Georgia 2, Ohio State 3, Michigan 4, Alabama 5, TCU 6, Oregon 7, UCLA 8, Clemson 9, Ole Miss 10. And then for honorable mentions, we got Utah, USC, Kansas State, LSU, and Penn State. Not in any particular order. Just kind of, you know, five teams that we think, you know, could be knocking on the door for that top 10. Yeah, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, any of those teams maybe sneak in to to maybe the 10 spot. You know, I think think the 10 spot is, is completely open. You know, I think Ole Miss... You know, I think Ole Miss has probably the best case, in my opinion. But I think you could see, you know, any of those teams you yeah. know, sneak in. And some interesting things about, you know, how they did it last year is, well, this year we don't have any three-loss teams in the AP Top 25. But when they came out with the first college football playoff rankings, you know, we saw a three-loss Mississippi State at 17 in the country. And then we also saw Wisconsin with three losses at 21. So two three-loss teams that were sneaking you know, in the top 25. So definitely valuing things like strength of schedule and, you know, maybe some big wins. Yeah, keep an eye out for uh, Texas and Kentucky as probably those three lost teams that could maybe sneak in. Yeah, 100%. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, know, if if Tulane's going to get in or if Liberty is going to get in. You know, there's – it's a pretty small room. And, uh, you know, we're we're pretty excited. Uh, We feel pretty confident you know, with, with, with our predictions for the top 10, but, um, you think we should wrap things up? You think that's good? Yeah. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, I can't wait until the playoff ranking comes out and it's just completely different than what we went for. We'll put them side by side when we, when we do our episode, uh, and we'll probably do it Tuesday night. Tuesday night. Yeah. Yeah. Right. When the rankings come out. So we'll put them side by side, see how we did, but, uh, I'm pretty confident with it. You know, I'd say I'm really confident with our list. Yeah, I think just based off, I mean, if we didn't look at how they did it last year, then, you know, I wouldn't feel as confident. But, you know, seeing those trends and kind of why they put teams in certain positions, you know, I, f- I feel pretty confident. And say, I, th- I think we will see something really, really – maybe Clemson doesn't drop as far, but I still think they drop a little bit. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think I think Alabama makes, makes a little bit of a jump too. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see what yeah. it looks like. A lot to look forward to as, uh, you know, college football fans in the coming weeks. we got some big games coming up this next weekend, and, uh, you know, we'll preview that on Tuesday night as well. But we appreciate you guys, you know, joining the pod, taking a listen. But um, other than that, we'll, we'll see you guys uh, Tuesday night. Yeah, thank you for Thank you for listening in.